We are less than a week away from the trade deadline and activity is already starting. We're going to look at some of the latest moves in the NHL, plus a uh, surprising playoff team. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked on NHL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You're Locked on NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everyone, you are listening and or watching to Locked On NHL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Sarah Avampato, host of Locked On Kings. We're joined today by my cat. If you're watching on YouTube, he decided he wanted to sit right here. So (laughs) you're going to get a cat. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, Joined, as always, by my other half on Western Conference Wednesday, Wednesday, Jess Belmosto, host of Locked on Calgary Flames. And we are here to uh, gently ease you into the final days before the trade deadline. Uh, and there has already been some activity. So we're going to look at the moves I made. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche basically have been uh, the big dealers. So we're going to take a look at them uh, as well as, uh, well, we're going to talk about the Kings just a little bit, just a little <laughs> bit, because... Uh, they're in a playoff position that basically no one believed that they could do except for me. So you're welcome. Uh, so we're going to talk about that on today's show. But let's get the trades going uh, because Joe Sackick in Colorado is just like, let's let's make this happen, folks. Uh, he first acquired Josh Manson from the Anaheim Ducks, uh, got a the uh, veteran defenseman from Anaheim in exchange for a draft pick and a college prospect. Uh, and then just earlier on uh, Tuesday, traded uh, for Tyson Jost from uh, or traded Tyson Jost to the Minnesota Wild uh, in exchange for Nico Sturm. Uh, so one for one hockey trade. Uh, and Colorado is, it seems sort of like they're gearing up for something because they cleared cap room with that trade for Nico Sturm. Uh, when they acquired Josh Manson, they uh, had the Ducks. Are, are holding part of his salary. So they didn't take on the whole cap hit. Uh, so Colorado is clearing room. And I feel like next week, we're probably going to have a lot of things to say about Colorado, but they've gotten the ball rolling with uh, the trade deadline right now. Definitely. And I think as soon as the news of Landeskog going out uh, mm-hmm. for knee surgery, ha- uh, once that broke or whatever, I think, the general consensus was okay, they're going to use LTIR space and go after one of the bigger names on the market. And they've been mixed in with Claude Giroux. So, you know, while he's uh, gearing up for his hundredth or sorry, thousandth game in Philly, they are working out details for him to be in a new sweater by next week. Yeah, it feels like I know Claude Giroux is kind of the big one that everyone expects to be, you know, on on the move. And it makes sense. The Flyers are not particularly going anywhere. They're ready to sort of start a little bit more of a rebuild. Uh, He's still a very valuable player. But uh, like you mentioned, this week is his basically thousandth game celebration. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's, you know, I mean, obviously, they've already planned for him to, to do all of these things. So yeah, he, he. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the day after they celebrate it, he gets traded. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's no way they're going to trade him before he hits that that 1,000 games. But, uh, yeah. so dirty. Right? Well, I mean, listen, 
okay, sure. It's a, it's a total different like regime in charge of the flyers. (laughs) They have not, you know, they have pulled some stuff on players before of like, Oh yeah. Like you signed this 13 year deal that is not allowed to be signed anymore. You're going to stay in Philadelphia forever. And then trading you like the next day, Jeff Carter, Mike Richards. (laughs) Well, (laughs) but, uh, you did mention a good point about Gabe Landeskog uh, because I feel like, A, like you said, that absence opens up a lot of cap space yeah. for the Avalanche if they're putting him uh, on long-term reserve. He's going to be out for a month or more. Uh, and Landeskog is definitely a physical player. We can put it that way. Yeah. He, is, uh, you know, he has a lot of skill, but he also is not afraid to lay a hit and be that guy. And you know, not to say that Nico Sturm is the same skill level as uh, Gabe Landeskog, but he is, you know, he's 6'3", 209 pounds. He's just, he's a big guy. He's a big boy. He's a big boy and he's a depth player. So he's not going to be, you know, taking on the same minutes as Landeskog. But I feel like if if you're looking for a guy to, you know, throw his weight around, you, you could probably do worse. Oh, absolutely. I definitely think that it's a smart move in terms of, you know, adding depth before the playoffs. I think that that's one of the stronger moves. I mean, obviously, like you said, like it's not about a skilled player being acquired. It's someone who's not afraid to get banged up. And if I can offer uh, Colorado one Brett Ritchie, (laughs) I will happily give you a great addition to your bottom line i mean your, just just, your just put him on a plane and send him there yeah and, i think that's you know. just take your passport go yeah. we'll figure yeah. out the legalities later <laughs> and you know i think for the for the wild you know they they get a player who uh, you know i feel like has a lot of promise tyson jost is a guy who um you know he's 23 he's versatile in terms of the position he plays up front uh, he started out really strong with uh, with the Avalanche and had, then has just sort of fallen off over the past couple of years. Uh, he's 24 years old. Uh, he's a he baby. Was, he's a baby. He's a 2016 first round draft pick. So he certainly has like the pedigree uh, to be more than just a fourth line player. And, uh, you know, has just had not, you know, 14 points this season in 59 games. Just, just not great. And so he, I think he's a player who, could definitely benefit from a change of scenery who maybe can fit in a little bit different, get some different opportunities on the wild that he wasn't going to get with the avalanche. So, you know, at the end of the day, it feels like a trade that both sides are going to get something good out of it. Well, maybe Tyson Jost is colorblind and can't see green. (laughs) I learned that today and I'm mortified. (laughs) Well, that's going to be, their jerseys are very uh very green. green. Yeah. So I don't know what he sees instead. <laughs> but so congrats, congrats to him. My friend who is our uh <laughs> nerd alert DM for our local uh weekly Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons group, uh, he's colorblind and occasionally we have to tell him, like, oh no, that was the green one that you just moved around. <laughs> so oh that that's that's fascinating. Oh. Well, good luck <laughs> to him. In uh, knowing what color his jersey is. Yeah. (laughs) Poor kid. Right. I hope no one plays a prank on him. And is like, oh, we're wearing these green jerseys. Right. And then he comes with that with the wrong one. Like, 
I, no. This feels like a, I, I don't know much about like the personalities of, of the wild players, but I'm just going to go ahead and blame Marcus Felino in, exa- in advance yep. for this. It feels, feels right. It feels like him. Yeah. He's yeah. a very interesting <laughs> character. He's spicy. Late. Yeah, He's spicy. spicy. <laughs> That's a good well, word. Yeah. Yeah. Big and spicy um we're we're going to look at uh the trade that the the avalanche made with the ducks coming up right after this but uh speaking of spicy these snacks aren't spicy but they are delicious yeah they're kind of the exact opposite of spicy so built bars they are just an essential for everyone i think (laughs) they're a delicious tasting protein bar that are covered in 100 percent chocolate and my favorite thing about them is that uh, I don't feel like I'm eating something healthy, so I'm getting that sweet tooth craving satisfied, uh, all while satisfying the the healthy parts that I need to be satisfying. <laughs> and uh, they come in amazing flavors, and they have marshmallow puffs now, which are just, again, scrumptious, can't go wrong. Uh, big fan of them. They're pretty good. The churro, you had the churro one too, right? Very good, very good. Super tasty. Um, yeah, oh, I want one now. <laughs> and you can get your hands on them at uh, built.com with promo code LOCKED15 and tell us what flavors you got, whether it's the variety pack or, you know, you took a spin and just uh, guessed or um, you are a returning customer wanting to use that LOCKED15 promo code. So that is promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. All right. You are listening and or watching Locked on NHL, part of Western Conference Wednesday here as we look at all the things going on in the Western Conference. Thank you for making this show your first listen of the day. Uh, Of course, the trade deadline is upon us. And so I want to let you know that on Monday, March 21st, at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, you can tune into Locked on Fantasy Hockey, the live deadline reaction show, to get all of the on-ice fantasy and betting analysis that you need from hosts Steel Ronan and Flip Livingstone with appearances from our roster of local team experts. Plus, you can catch basically most of our shows going live uh, immediately after trade deadline is over. So whatever your favorite team is, make sure you're following them and keeping up to date with what's going on because chances are you're going to get some cool immediate reactions from your favorite uh, hockey team podcast hosts all about whatever their team did at the trade deadline. But of course, teams are already saying like, let's just, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, And the ducks kind of made the first big move in uh, sending Josh Manson to the Colorado avalanche. Uh, Manson was a guy who has been with the ducks for a long time. Uh, I did not realize he's 30 years old. I thought he was a lot younger. Um, but he has been you know, drafted in 2011. He's been with the Ducks uh, since 2014-15 season. So he's been around for a while, veteran player, uh, kind of a fan favorite. Uh, this is the last year of his deal, and uh, the Ducks were not going to be able to re-sign him. So they went out and uh, they got a, a prospect who they just actually signed, a college player whose season is over, and a 2023 second-round pick. So the Avalanche get to shore up their defense. And uh, I definitely, so A, I, I phoned a friend to learn a little bit more about Josh Manson. So a uh, shout out to JD from Locked on Ducks, who told me all about Josh Manson, because I basically have ignored him for all of the years he's been on the Ducks, because why, why, why they're the Ducks? I don't, whatever. Exactly. Um, 
But what I did learn was that, uh, well, first off, uh, I, did you remember, did you remember that Jack Johnson plays for the Colorado Avalanche? Nope. Yeah. I... Yeah. No. Yeah, they signed him to like a PTO over the summer or over the off season and they gave him a real contract. And so my first question uh, to Locked on Ducks, Jason, was, is this going to push Jack Johnson out of the lineup? And he was like, well, yes, but no, um, because they don't play the same side. Oh, OK. So it might not. It may push out former Kings defenseman Curtis McDermott, whose main skill is large. So, okay. and I'm, I'm reasonably certain actually that him and Josh Manson may have actually fought when McDermott was still in the Kings, um, TBD. Uh, but yeah, that'll be, you know, research. It, it, it's not like the weirdest thing that's ever happened in like no. new teammates, but what this move does is it gives the, the avalanche more depth on their defense. Uh, Manson isn't, you know, particularly the best in terms of scoring uh, but he does get to play both, you know, power play and penalty kill uh, is good defensively. Basically, if you go on hockey Twitter and you look at Josh Manson, you're going to get people who say he's garbage and people who say like, ah, it's pretty good. And there's no in between. Of like, course. there's no one who's like, meh. There's okay. no middle ground. Right. Yeah. So th- this will it'll be interesting. I think for you know for the Ducks, they were like, well, we're not going to sign him, so let's get something for him. Um, and, you know, brings like veteran presence, you know, experience. He's been around the league for a long time and again, can push out, you know, one of those defensemen who maybe isn't that good out of, uh, the avalanche lineup. Uh, but you know, he's a big guy. He is, uh, what, what's his official stats? He's officially six, three. So again, another big boy and, uh, just, uh, why not? I would like to see a picture of him standing next to Cole Caulfield just for reasons. Yeah. I just want to see how tiny. Right. Just, you know, just, just to, just to check it out. Just for research purposes. Exactly. (laughs) It's that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the ducks are holding 50% of uh, the cap hit for Josh Manson. So that gives Colorado even more flexibility uh, the player that the Ducks acquired, Drew Hellison, a uh, college player, they just signed him. Uh, his contract's going to kick in next year, but he'll probably be playing for uh, the AHL, the Anaheim, the, Anaheim, the, <laughs> the San Diego Gulls. Uh, so he'll at least get to jump in with them uh, as they continue their push to the playoffs. And the pick they got was 2023. So uh, next year's draft is supposed to be a lot deeper than this year's draft. So I think we're going to see a lot of 2023 picks, uh, you know, floating around out there but i'm i'm not sad to see josh manson go i feel like he's been irritating for to the pacific division for for years uh, of yeah. course <laughs> the avalanche's first game is against the kings and josh manson's just gonna show up and play of so course. you know i know that other teams that were looking for uh defenseman depth were we're a little bummed out to see him traded. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess that's not the worst news for Avalanche fans if you don't know which side of the mm-hmm. argument that you stand on or what you feed into. So, I mean, hey, at least you got him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, you know, coming back after being injured. So, I think is motivated 
to, uh, you know, to kind of get, get things going again. Uh, he actually did score a couple points in his past couple games. And yeah, again, it's just a guy that the, the, uh, the avalanche can stick on their second or third pairing and, and be fine. And I just, you know, the avalanche have so much, so much depth. I hate it. They like, do. They are a horrifically deep team. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, I feel like we've said it all this season, last season, that the the avalanche just keep on rolling. They keep on avalanching. Um, you know, no matter who's hurt, no matter who's out of the lineup. Yeah. Like, you know, we saw that Landeskog's going to be out. And I was like, oh, whatever. Like. Yeah. There wasn't a mass panic. Like. Right. If, like, I don't know, even if, like, Gaudreau or Kachuk were to take a maintenance day or mm-hmm. just like, hey, like they're just sitting today for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I think there would be mass panic. Yeah. And I would be panicked. And I would probably be like, oh my God, that means Brett Ritchie's coming back into the lineup. And oh my <laughs> God, he could slot into the second line again. And who knows what we would get from any combination. Mm-hmm. But if you can just be like, hmm, yeah, it's fine. We'll just. Yeah. Whatever. Right? M- must be nice. Right? Like, any of their top scores are out, and they're like, man, it's fine. Right. Whatever. Like, like oh, no Nate McKinnon? No, no problem. Exactly. Like, when he was out with the concussion or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Or, like, having COVID three times or whatever. Not three times, but, like. But when he's, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Can't I, relate. <laughs> right. Like, selfishly, I mean, obviously, I want my team to do well. I know you want your team to do well. Yeah. But, like, listen, I've been saying the Avs are going to win the Stanley Cup for the past, like, three seasons. A hundred percent. I need them to stop making me look like a liar. <laughs> right. Especially, like, with embarrassing playoff losses that mm-hmm. we can do mm-hmm. without that. Uh, right. Even if it does benefit my team, like, right. if they just go on to lose in the next round, it doesn't really do anything right Right. you're like oh great so you beat us but now you lost too cool right it's uh you know just build a better case for yourself yeah figure it out so i can't wait to see what else the avalanche do we're gonna blink and they're gonna somehow acquire jack eichel or something oh my god please (laughs) well they were supposed to originally yeah and then vegas was like here take all of our money and then i think that buffalo won the trade at this point. I mean, it's created so much, like, spiciness again. This like, And Vegas has been doing really bad. Right. Which is fantastic for our brand. And <laughs> you know, I will happily, yeah, happily take it. No problems. Well, we're actually going to talk a little bit about Vegas next uh, because it's important to me, a person whose team is better than, right, than them in the standings right now. So we're going to talk about that on Locked on NHL. So, the the Kings, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, at the start of the season, I think that, like, the Kings and the Ducks, they were, like, chilling in the Mm -hmm. Pacific Division, a a little too high for some people's likings, and there was some confusion. You know, like, oh, like, is this sustainable? And everyone kind of wrote off the Ducks and and the Kings, really, because Mm -hmm. they're they're both younger teams. Mm -hmm. And the Ducks fell behind and kind of slipped. But the Kings have kind of sustained their momentum in this game. And this season has been really 
decent for them. Yeah. It's it's been very fun and it's been like it, it's kind of shown you know I feel like one of the biggest differences between the Kings and the Ducks who are sort of at similar spots in their like rebuild, retool, whatever, is that the Kings have much more depth to them. Like in, in their AHL team has a bunch of guys in it. Like Austin Wagner, for example, has been a regular NHLer. Mm-hmm. He's in the AHL right now because they just, you know, they didn't have room for him. There were better, more skilled players than him who kind of leapfrog him, but yeah. you could pick him up and plunk him on like the senators or something and he'd be fine, you know? So they, they have a lot of depth right now and the ducks don't necessarily have that, which I think is why they've started kind of slipping is that like, if their top players aren't clicking, there's no one there to kind of pick up the slack. Yeah. And right now, some of the Kings top players are not doing very well. Um, Andre Kopitar has not scored very often lately. Uh, the Kings all-star uh, Adrian Kempe has been, uh, you know, a little more streaky than he has been the rest of the season, but other guys are stepping up and and filling that void and helping kind of keep the game rolling. And I think the most important thing that's kind of shown this team's growth for me is every so often they turn in a real embarrassing loss. Like they got, you know, crushed by Boston a couple weeks ago, like seven to nothing or something or five to nothing, whatever. It was bad. Um, And then, you know, obviously the next time they beat Boston, it was that like buzzer beater overtime win, like just a real, I I, I hate saying it, but like a real gritty win for the team. Um, And and they seem to be bouncing back a little better from those losses and, you know, kind of showing they've learned from their mistakes. And A, it also has helped that Vegas is not doing very well right now. Uh, They have lost, what, I think four in a row? Which Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vegas, not, not, not so hot. They have actually slipped down to uh, fourth place in the Pacific division uh, below Edmonton. Uh, they've lost their last four games. They're three, seven and oh, they, if you look at it by, um, you know, like the wild card, uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights currently in the number two wild card spot. So they're just, Dallas is just a point behind them. Like well, yeehaw, yeah. Texas, you better get it together, <laughs> right? So, like, it's been helpful for the Kings that Vegas has slipped. Um, you know, Calgary is doing obviously really, really well. I don't necessarily think anyone's going to catch them at this point. Edmonton is Edmonton, whatever. Right. We don't know uh, what's going to happen with them. No, no one knows what's going to happen to <laughs> Edmonton. They don't um, know. No, they, that's half of their problem is they don't know. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> The biggest challenge facing the Kings over the next couple of weeks as they look to A, head into the trade deadline this week and B, figure out what they're doing with their lives. Literally their entire blue line is hurt. Um, They only have right now one defenseman who's healthy, who was with the team on opening night. Oh no. Everybody else is hurt. Um, some of those guys might be back a little bit sooner, uh, but there really is no kind of timetable or prognosis for a lot of these guys. Um, Drew Doughty is out with some sort of hand thing. Um, Mikey Anderson is out. Matt Roy is out. Tobias Bjornfoot just got hurt. Um, it, 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 they're just all, all of my friends are dead. Um, <laughs> Alex Edler has been out since December. He's close to coming back at least to give a little more veteran presence, but like the combined NHL games of the guys who are left is like 
so small. And they basically run out of defensemen in the organization under contract. Like, oh my God. There are like three guys, like, yeah, there's three players who are not currently called up to the Kings. One of them is like a 19 year old rookie from Sweden. One of them is a guy who, like, yeah, they drafted him, but he he's probably going to be an AHLer. Like, I don't right. think he has an AHL potential. And the third one is Brant Clark, who you know signed his entry level contract, but like hasn't started it because he's playing in juniors. Like, <laughs> Rob Blake might have to make trades because he has no one left to play for him. Um, yeah. And so the Kings actually like they pulled out a really again gritty win over the Florida Panthers, uh, which was surprising. Didn't, yeah, huge. Like they're one of the best teams in the league. And they did it with basically two defensemen because everyone is hurt. So it's like if they can keep rolling like that or even just like tread water. Right. um, I think it's going to say a a lot about like the character and like the fortitude of this team uh, of how they deal with this. But I'm just enjoying the ride. Uh, I I think that, you know, I don't think they're Stanley Cup contenders. I mean, if they are cool, but I think it'll be great for these young players you know, like the guys like Quentin Byfield and them to get playoff experience and to, mm-hmm. to see what it's like to play down the stretch, play meaningful games of hockey in April. Um, but it's yeah. it's weird and fun and I like it. And it's nice to be like mad at the team for losing instead of just being like, whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. And something you said earlier really stuck out to me uh, about them bouncing back quicker. That is like one of the first things I realized about the flames. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, you're not dwelling in this. And I mentioned Uh it on Tuesday's show, actually, because I was like, they have the choice to like sit and dwell on this Mm -hmm. loss to Colorado, or they can just strap up their skates, Mm -hmm. tie them up and move on. And if, and you know, learn what went wrong, what like, if mm-hmm. a team, especially a young team, can do that relatively yeah. early in their rebuild, retool sort of thing, like, that's that sounds like a path for success. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, like, my, my criteria for, like, I feel like especially, you know, here at Locked On, every season we kind of start and do these sort of roundtable, mm-hmm. you know, questions of, like, you know, what does success look like look like for you and your team this year? And for me, like as you know, following a sort of rebuilding team, success always looks like my answer is always, are you making the same mistakes in game 82 that you made in game 81 yeah. or 81 in game one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also in game 81, but you know, um, right. it's like, are, have you learned anything? Or if you are still making the same mistakes, like, do you know what went wrong? Like, do you know how to fix it? Are you and, aware of those right, mistakes? Right. Or did you just be like, Oh, Puck's over there now. Like, right. Like, are you just like a dog who just walks around? La, la, la. Like, right. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, you, you, you with the flames have seen them kind of, you know, follow a, a trajectory of all the best team in the Pacific. And that it's that same thing of like, oh, you've actually learned from your mistakes. You're right. not like going on this seven game losing spiral because you can't oh figure out how to climb out of it. Yeah. I know. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I could do like at one point this no. season they lost like four or five in a row and I was like I can't do this again. I can't. I can't. Right? Please it's, make it stop. Yeah, like no, thank you. Yeah, no. So it, you know, I think everyone can agree that hockey is a lot more enjoyable 
mm-hmm. when your team's winning or the team you cover is winning. But just seeing Vegas out of uh, like a secured playoff spot, like oh, if the playoffs started started today, yes, technically they'd be in it. But right, but that can all change. Right. And, like, I mean, from the Kings' perspective, I kind of like where they're at right now in this, yeah. like, number two spot. Like, I, I I don't want to draw, like, the you know, I all due respect, I don't want to play the Calgary Flames in the That's first okay. round. I don't want to play the Colorado Avalanche in the first round. Like, I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm terrified of Colorado. Yeah. No, I, like, no, thank you. Yeah. Although, again, like, we do, again, keep being on this path of, Flames versus Kings in the playoffs, you know, <laughs> Daryl Sutter oh, versus new. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I Which, think like it would just be fantastic. It'd be funny. It would be like, because I think some of the players, well, are the, who's like even left on the Kings? Um, For the Kings, it would be Kopitar, Dustin Brown, uh, Drew Doughty and Jonathan Quick. Who... So there's still, yeah, there's still a yeah. few. Okay. Yeah. I don't know and... why when I looked at Dustin Brown, I thought he was like, 25 like a baby he's so old he's 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 almost as old as me and that's you know in hockey age like ancient oh my god (laughs) yeah no i I can't wait yeah today i referred to sean monahan as old and i was like we're the same age (laughs) it's fine hockey man right the worst good old hockey (laughs) <laughs> well, I can't wait for next week whenever we get to unpack the chaos that was the trade deadline day and uh, see what teams did what, who wins the like Claude Giroux sweepstakes yes. and whatever other nonsense happens. I'm excited. We'll be bringing you all that content next week on Locked on NHL. Uh, until then, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. Uh, you can find Locked on Kings wherever you get your podcasts. This show is available also, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on the YouTube. Jess, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and the show on uh, Spotify, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you... I don't know why I said Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Apple, Twitter. Again, Twitter. Oh, my God. I'm <laughs> literally losing my mind. The show does not have a Twitter feed. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Locked on Flames. Excellent. Perfection. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week with more Western Conference talk. There, of course, is great content all week long here on Locked on NHL from our other fantastic hosts. So make sure you're tuning in. Uh, Now that you're done here, again, go check out Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Get prepped for your team's run to the playoffs uh, in your fantasy league. Uh, Again, hosts Steel Road and Flip Livingstone are going to help you become the expert of your fantasy league and, of course, prep you for the draft, uh, the draft or not the draft, the uh, trade deadline day. The show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, much like this podcast. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening and or watching. Uh, We'll see you next time. Until then, this has been Locked on NHL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.